Hi, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of The Hit Streak. Check it out. I got to give a big shout out to my show sponsor, my friends over at AVLX. I also have to give a big shout out to Charles Henry and Ace Young, the amazing performers and producers of the music behind the show, as well as the amazing people that make up the Hit Lab creative team who are the producers of the show. Folks, I have a favor to ask. If you like what you hear, and I know you do, click that subscribe button to make sure you get alerted when new episodes are dropped. Thanks for tuning in. The real success stories told by the people who live them. We're going to have some guests on this show that everybody knows, and we're going to have guests on this show that nobody knows yet. One by one, Nick Heider is adding hits to the hit streak. Blessings, folks. Welcome back to another episode of The Hit Streak. I'm your man, Nick Heider, and I've got a very, very special guest in the house for you folks. Today, he is the founder of Real Life Trading. He is the author of Money Grows on Trees. He's a podcaster from Broke to Woke. He's a friend, somebody I've known since like 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. My man, Jeremy Newsom. What's up, baby? I'm, I'm so amped to be here, dude. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. So um, let me tell the folks a little bit about Jeremy, shall we? So um, in 2014, you launched Real Life Trading. And um, just like most other businesses that launch right out of the gates, everything was perfect. You were properly funded, um, immediately successful from day one. That's the story, right? Is that what's on there? (laughs) Someone someone wrote that down incorrectly. (laughs) What's some, maybe yeah. somebody else's story, as I've heard you say? Someone else's story. Um, that was not the case. I, I love what I do immensely. And launching Real Life Trading in 2014, I was creating free education, free content, mostly because I had gone through so many seminars and webinars and presentations in my life. I didn't want to make price a barrier anymore for individuals who want to learn education, specifically financial education, stock market education, how to invest and when I launched, man, I got lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit because this information was free and the competition did not like that. I would guess not. Yeah. 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 So it was, it was a tough one. So, all right. You have an amazing story. Um, one of my favorite stories, you've told it to me, you've shared it with the team um, about kind of like how you got into this because I want to, I want to, a little bit of backstory on like, not many people wake up and do what you did. They say that that's what they want to do. Like it's, yeah. I would say it's, you're the only person I've ever met that has a story like that. Right. <laughs> so, um, so let's tell the folks a little bit about how you got into this. Cause okay. it's, it's a fascinating story. Yeah. Um, it all started from a movie. So the movie was Forrest Gump. We're going back to 1996. Tom Hanks winning his Academy Award. Go Tom. And, um, when that movie comes out in 1994, I was six years old. Never seen the movie before. I mean, my dad, my oldest brother, Jerry Roger, and myself were watching this film. And Forrest Gump, about 78% of the way through the movie, starts recounting a story. He says that he takes his Bubba Gump shrimp money and invests into a fruit company. And now they no longer have to worry about money anymore. Bro, I, I grew up so poor. Really, really poor. I had a blessed childhood. Just didn't have any money. Sure. <laughs> Was happy. Just broke. Well, I asked my dad, what is investing and what's the fruit company? Because that was a paradigm shift for me. We no longer have to worry about money anymore. I'd never heard anyone utter those words before. He told me about Apple and told me a little bit about the stock market to the best of his ability. 
when he was explaining Apple to me, he was saying that people are going to be buying, right? The computer like you have right now, people are going to be using these items, these tools. They're going to replace employees. They're going to decrease costs, increase revenue. I was like, well, dad, we need to do this then. Like, that sounds like a no brainer decision. And he's like, well, son, uh, I don't have any money. We can't just go invest in Apple, right? Money doesn't grow on trees. Oh, <laughs> the classic. I was like, well, I mean, we need to do this. So I begged him for a few months. He eventually said, listen, if you, you bring me some money, six-year-old son, and uh, I'll match it dollar for dollar. So I go and pick blackberries, sell them door to door in the summer of 1994, make 1500 bucks selling blackberries for a dollar a bag. Get out. Yeah, bro. Slinging berries. But my, I mean, the closing rate was pretty high. I'm a six-year-old kid in jean shorts, no shoes, no shirt going up to your door selling blackberries for really 75% lower than you can in the store, hand-picked organic blackberries. Mm -hmm. uh, plus, you had a bunch of older ladies who gave me 10s and 20s because I'm just there. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, if a six-year-old comes to your door right now and sells you anything... Anything he wants, I'm buying. <laughs> doesn't matter. Nick's in. All the six-year-olds who are listening. All of it. Anytime somebody <laughs> knocks on the door for a coupon book or whatever, <laughs> my son's selling the same ones, all of them. Done. Yes. And... Um, yeah, man. So we, he, true to his word, he actually ended up borrowing the money from my uncle. We bought $3,000 of Apple stock in 1994. And right now that's worth about $16.8 million. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, I mean, we sold him $16.7 million ago, but uh, yeah. the point was like when I was 12, we sold those shares, the top of the tech bubble, purely luck, obviously. We took $3,000, turned it into 12000 My dad said, this is the best trade you'll ever make in your life. You need to cash out. This is it. This is the pinnacle. Gave me 12 grand as a 12 year old. And I'm like, this is it. This is all I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. Dude, that's a, yeah. what a great um, parenting choice. First of all, as parents, right? Yeah. Um, we do this. We've been doing the same thing with Ethan, um, where anytime he wanted to buy something, it was, if it was 20 bucks, he had to pay 10. We had to pay 10. Um, starting next year when he's 13, we're going to do that thing where just to get him learning to pay things on time, we're going to put the money in his account, but he's going to have to give it to us on certain days throughout the month for his phone or mm -hmm. whatever else, whatever else he's doing. The money will be there. Just can he give it to us precisely on time? Precisely. We have to teach kids as early as possible that, Hey man, dream as much as you want, but there's still certain actions and tactical buttons that need to be pressed to fulfill those dreams. Mm. He's coming out of the gate <laughs> swinging today, folks. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, man. I love it. All right. So, um, the apple was, um, the apple and Forrest Gump. That was, that was it. And, you know, I was actually having a coaching session with a, a hero of both of ours, Les Brown. Oh yeah. About four or five months ago. And we were kind of recounting the story because he was helping me tell it like on stage and whatnot. You know what was crazy, man? It was actually not the part that Forrest Gump no longer had to worry about money anymore. That wasn't what compelled me. It's what happened right after that story in the movie. You might remember, but right after he says, we don't have to worry, we don't have to worry about money anymore. He goes on to build schools, churches, yeah. hospitals. Um, you know, he's he gives all half of his money to Bubba's mom. So she no longer has to work. So he retires her for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. That was what compelled me to do this was the fact that using this money, you can just amplify your heart, your heart's desires, and you can give and you can be the best version of yourself. That was what just jacked me up. It wasn't, Hey, make money. It was, you make money, once you have enough, you're good, and then help so many other people, bless so many other people with it. Right. We, um, where I grew up, 
I grew up middle class, and that was a long way from where my parents were born. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I heard a lot, money doesn't grow on trees, we can't afford it. Um, I heard all those limits all the time, and, and, and people that don't have money tend to villainize it. Yes. Right? Very true. And I was listening to a thing the other day, so my man Brad, he says money's, money buys choices, Right. Um, but he was like, if you take somebody bad and you give them more money, they'll be a worse version. They'll be more true to themselves. If you take somebody good and give them a lot of money, they'll be a better version. Right. Totally agree. Of themselves. Totally agree. And it was Steve Harvey who said, people, the only people who talk bad about money don't have it. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> so, and uh, so, all right. So, 2014, you launched Real Life Trading. How old were you in 2014? Uh, 2014 is seven years ago, so I was 24. 24. So why 2014? Why then? Why not earlier? Why not later? Um, you know, honestly, there was no real specific magic timeline. It was uh, I had quit a, a Fortune 500 company at in 2012, and had left there. Wanted to pursue just education in general. Just really wanted to pour into individuals. I initially wanted to be a history teacher when I was like 13 years old. And I asked my history teacher, Hey man, how much money can you make me in a history teacher? And he's like, dog, you don't want to be, (laughs) you don't want to be a history teacher for the money. Right. And I just learned through that process that my goal was to really impact individuals through education. My current life's mission is to enrich lives with mentally liberating education. Mm. So in 2012, when I left Nationwide Insurance, great company, still like them, you know, phenomenal people. The shift that happened at Nationwide, there was actually two to three main shifts that caused me to leave that company, to go trade full-time, then to eventually launch Real Life Trading. Number one, I took a self-directed 401k. I Googled, this was my investing career. I Googled which silver stock to buy. First one that popped up, put all my 401k money into that one, right? That was it. Uh, stock was at $9 a share. I bought 1,000 shares, $9,000 investment, went up to $12 a share, $12,000. I made three grand. That $3,000 P&L on my screen was more than I made in a month at work. Right. Right. At the time, I made like $1,800 a month bi-weekly paychecks. Uh, it, that was mind-blowing to me. Made $3,000, more than I made at work, boom, paradigm shift. Number two, I... Um, had a sales job and a nationwide and I, the previous person who worked in this job, she had done like a million and some change in sales. And I had done like a million and a half. And so my question was, we were just getting paid salary. We weren't getting paid commission. So I asked like, Hey, I did 500,000 more than the person prior to in this role. Can I get some? Thank you. Right. I was like, can I get like 10% at least? And they're like, no. Yeah. Okay. So you're not really incentivizing me to work here. So that was number two. And the number three, I won because of my sales record. I won a, uh, an award to have an interview with the CHRO, Chief Human Re- Resource Officer of that company at the time, which was kind of a big deal. She comes down, says, hey, what do you want to do in Nationwide? What's your career? What's your goal? I said, I want to be CEO. And bro, she laughed in my face. Oh, man. <laughs> she was like, she started laughing. It was like, no, seriously, that's... That's cool. What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. But dude, I was just like, I want to be CEO. Why else would someone work at a company if they don't want to own it? Absolutely. If they don't want to run it, if they don't want their decisions to be what makes this company great or it makes them fail. I love that pressure. So when she told me like, she literally said, it's not going to happen. Sorry. 
in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. So I turned in like my, my notice not too long after that, started trading full time, worked for another company. And uh, during that two years, just started cash flowing and stacking my cash as hard as I possibly could. And in 2014, I launched Real Life Trading. It's fantastic. Yeah. You mentioned pressure. Um, pressure burst pipes, and it also makes diamonds, right? Ooh, that's it, baby. You know what I'm saying? There's Hit that for you. <laughs> Hit that for you. Um, one of my favorite uh, quotes, it's on a plaque out in the hallway. Um, I believe it's William Arthur Ward. Um, adversity, um, what is it? Adversity um, causes some men to break. Adversity causes some men to break records. That's mm-hmm. funny. That's <laughs> that's so good. I love that. Absolutely. So, um, all right. So you launched um, you launched real life tra- trading in 2014. So, first of all, folks, um, you heard the reasons that he started it. Right. It was it was you knew what you were worth. You knew what you wanted to a, a version of what you wanted mm-hmm. to be, and and you f- realized quickly that the way to get there was you had to basically nobody was going to give you a hand handout to get there. No. Right. And Correct. and it sounded like not many people were going to give you a hand up to get there either. Correct. So you were going to do it on your own. Correct. Yep. And because I knew I I've always had sales capabilities and I tell individuals all the time, the fastest way, the fastest way to creating a cash flow rich, positive financial situation is sales. Step one, and you know that very mm-hmm. well. Absolutely. That's the first step. Get there, and then you can start worrying about your investments or what you're doing. But get to a place where you can, where your income exceeds your expenses, because you can only scale your expenses to a degree. I love my boy Ramsey, but I don't want to eat ramen noodles and chicken every day. Like I want to eat nice food. I want to eat healthy food. I want to eat salads because salads are four times more expensive than a cheeseburger. I want to eat healthy foods. They cost more money. I want to invest in my body. That costs more money. I want to go on trips and do triathlons and buy a road bike. All those cost money. I don't want to scale my expenses where I live for $3,000 a month. Mm -hmm. I want my expenses to be $30,000 a month, but I want my income to be $240,000 a month. Mm -hmm. How can I do that? It's just a different question because at one point in time, I mean, in the broke to Wealth podcast, I share this, but in my early twenties, I was $400,000 in debt because I lost a bunch of people's money that I was trading for them. So the question I started asking at 21 and a half was, how can I make $6,000 a month? I covered $4,000 a month of expense payments to pay other people back and $2,000 a month to live off of. Mm-hmm. Food, rent, gas, and that was it. Well, after I made $6,000 a month for two or three months, I started asking, how can I make seven? And then eight. And then I started asking a question on how can I become valuable enough to make $10,000 a month? Not how can I make $10,000 a month? How can I become valuable enough to mm. create $10,000 a month? it's a different question, man. Like you're going to yeah. get a different answer because if you say, how can I make $10,000 a month work harder? How can I create enough value to earn, create $10,000 a month? Totally different question. The, um, you always hear the most important thing you find in your life is when they, the day you find your why, right? Mm-hmm. But like, you got to have the how too. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have the how Absolutely. as well. Yeah. And that was what you, I keep hearing you saying you were asking yourself is how, 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 how. And then you reverse engineer it and put the plan together and, and then go make it happen. That's it, baby. It's not your resources. It's your resourcefulness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> because everyone has money and everyone has time. You might not have tons of money, but everyone has the exact same amount of time. So these variables don't really change that much. Mm. You have to spend one of those two things. 
always. I'd rather spend money because money is your least valuable asset. I'd rather spend money to go get time. Time is my most valuable asset. If I spend time to make money, that's an inverse equation. And asking how changes that equation to put it more value on time than money. Right. Yeah. We, if you grew up middle class or below, um, obviously Ramsey speaks extremely true to you, right? And there's a lot of good stuff in there. Absolutely. You need to know that stuff and understand it. But then on the other side, you got like the Kiyosaki's of the world Mm -hmm. um, who are talking about debt's either a liability or an asset. It's taking money and turning it an asset. Bradley says money's just a tool. He says it's not that you need to save your money. It's you can't afford not to spend it if you're spending it in the right places. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what I mean? So um, like in the world that we're in, we've been really, really, we're very similar in the fact that we like to educate. We like to get knowledge and share it, right? So being a fan of day trading, I wouldn't say I'm an experienced, accomplished person at all, but I'm a fan of it. As a younger person, when I didn't have money, I was extremely scared of it. Yeah. Right? So what do you see the difference between like, I don't know, the economic classes Mm -hmm. and openness? Like how quickly does somebody become unafraid of it just by, you know, how that works. Oh, that's a great question. How quickly does someone become unafraid of trading or investing? Honestly, man, within months, because here's what will happen very, very frequently. People will take a certain amount of money. It doesn't matter what it is. $100, $5, $10. Take that money and invest it into a company that you know exactly what they do. You love their product. You understand how they, how they make create income. You spend money on those products. Let's do a quick example, right? Apple, bang. Mm-hmm. They make $90 million an hour net. Mm-hmm. You can, you can invest in Apple. Absolutely. Fine, right. How, how many people listening have an iPhone? You're watching from your iPhone. Or if you have a Netflix account, Netflix is up 180% in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Do you shop at Wayfair? It's up 800% in the last three years. Do you shop at Target? It's up 400% in the last six years. Do you have a Visa? Do you have a MasterCard in your wallet? Basic, easy things. Companies that you use and interact with frequently start taking some money and just buying positions, buying shares, buying ownership of that company. Mm. Even if you, in your mind, you're going to say, well, $100 isn't going to move the needle. No, it won't. But you keep doing it. Right. It starts moving the needle because it starts adding and they'll start compounding. Eventually, hundreds of thousand, and the thousands, two thousand, then two is eight, then eight is 16, then 16 is 32. Now, that might take four years, maybe 10, but the act of doing it is a lot stronger than the act of not doing it. Les Brown said, you got to, in order to start, you got to start. So just start doing it. That's right. It'll remove your fear, even if you do it for two or three months and you see that it's not rigged, right? You see your account like that green PL, even if it's three bucks, mm. that'll change your life forever. Just seeing that you took knowledge and converted knowledge into more currency will yeah. change your life forever. I was, um, I heard something the other day where they were talking about getting the person to invest their last thousand, the only thousand dollars they had. To invest it and the person was like i can't it's my last thousand dollars and the rebuttal was dude you're broke like you can't afford not to put that next that thousand what's that thousand dollars going to do for you yeah. nothing yeah right nothing. and they brought up the word risk and they rebuttaled it with the rebuttal was is well risk is just not knowing what you're doing yeah right if you know what you're doing there's it's not risk correct correct right? 
I had a, a dear friend, one of the best success stories I can think of. Her name was Angela. She came to one of my events here in Nashville, Tennessee about three years ago. Well, it was 2017, um, so four years ago. And she sat down with me. She was in her 60s at this time and had $3,500 to her name and a house. Like That was her asset. And a house and 3500 bucks to her name. Boom. And she said, Jeremy, um, you know, what should I do? What should my strategy be? I don't want to hit rock bottom. Like, I don't want to lose all my money. I'm scared. I only have so much money to work with. And I looked at her and I was like, baby girl, you got $3,500. You're already at rock bottom. Yeah. You're here. I know how it feels. I've been here. But if you're in your 60s and you got $3,500 in a house, you are at rock bottom. You're there. So I said, remove the fear because two things are for certain. Market's going to go up. Market's going to go down. You can make, mo make money both ways. You just have to know how to do it. And you're going to die one day. Those are some certainties that you can factor in. So if you start acting now and remove that fear because you're already at rock bottom, so the only thing you can do is go up from here, it will absolutely help make some shifts in your life and you can go out and create some income. Mm. Bro, she is now, I'm not serious, I'm not kidding, a liquid millionaire traveling the world and doing everything she wants. She makes like $10,000 a week. Because what she ended up doing was renting out her house to some college students. Mm-hmm. They stay with her. She would cook for them, right? So they paid her a bunch of money. So she started stacking bills and then started just making two, 300 bucks extra a week because with a leveraged account and trading, you can do that even with $3,000. But her house was paid for. Boom, 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 boom. Just start stacking paper. And over two, three years, you have $20,000 in your account making $1,000 a week mm -hmm. trading, actively day trading. That can start changing things drastically. Leverage. That's a Leverage. good word. Yeah. Then she wanted to be free. So she sold her entire house and her her and her husband, Brian, started traveling the world doing whatever they wanted to do, which is the coolest thing ever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what everybody wants to... They, yeah. they work their whole life to retire to do that. Yes. Yes. Right. So um, my wife and I's relationship was, first of all, you need to have a good relationship with money. Most people, I would say, don't mm -hmm. have a good relationship with money if they have any relationship at all. Mm -hmm. um, I learned it. Um, through um, leveraging AI and CRMs and stuff um, to um, use data as a tool to grow, to to grow and invest in. And, and one day, Rhea and I were sitting around talking like we do all the time. And we and I asked her, I was like, if our money was a person, what would it be doing for us? Hit the hit the button, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if you heard that question, I want. Anyone who's listening to this episode to ask that question at least once a week to their spouse or their significant other, mm -hmm. bro. Earlier you mentioned about the relationship with money. Most people don't even know that you can have a relationship with money, but mm -hmm. doing what you just mentioned, that is a game changer, right? Game changer. That's right. That's right. So how does somebody create a relationship with money from when they don't have one that's non-existent? Here is the... First step, it's going to sound kooky, but I promise it works. I've had three of my coaches, um, my money, money coaches kind of make me do this exercise at one point or another in my career. It's write a letter to money. So sit down, pen and paper, <laughs> write a letter to money. So pretend that money is a person. Okay. So it's instead of Martha, it's money. Yep. Hi money. Where have you been? You've been absent in my life for a long time. I've missed you. I need you in my life. Mm -hmm. Every time I sit down and go to sleep, I wish you were there. 
right? So you start writing this letter and then you read it a few times and you'll realize generally most people have what's called a scarcity mindset. They want money to be in their life, but they, they don't know why. They don't know why money's not there. They're scared of it. They kind of push it away. Mm. But when you start writing that letter, once it's there, here's the brilliant part. You can rewrite it a two, two, three, four weeks later and just forcefully create the most abundant, loving, kind relationship. Money, you're fucking awesome. I love having you in my life. You're so cool. Every time we hang out, you make amazing things appear. You buy amazing things for me. We take amazing trips together. You're the coolest, most amazing relationship that I have. Thank you, blah, 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 right? You're writing a whole different letter now. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's what relationships are. Relationships are words, thoughts, and beliefs towards someone else. Because if you, with your perfect wife and your phenomenal family, if you said, hey, I don't like you very much. If you said that every day, First of all, you know, you'd go to the hospital because you'd... That's right. She would crush you. <laughs> you'd have a black eye every day. But secondly, the relationship would be weaker because you say these negative words out loud. Imagine how powerful those words, if you say them both out loud and internally in your brain become. You have to change those words, those thoughts, and those beliefs. And once you start making that shift, money will become more attracted to you. So that's interesting because the what makes the... Um, your subconscious, your your subconscious is you don't know what's happening, right? It's, Correct. You're not aware of it most Correct. of the time. So, um, I heard a saying one time. Um, they said, "Have you ever seen a kid that was born rich that's just a total fool, a total idiot, but he'll always have money because that's all that he knows." Mm -hmm. Just like you take somebody that was born with none, and that's how mm -hmm. it's it's almost like you got to break out of that. Well, it's a generational sin, I guess you could say. Um, there are shifts that have to be made, mm -hmm. right? Both of the, both individuals in that situation have a, a, an entirely different re resistance to break through. So for example, money, a lot of individuals will say money doesn't solve all of your problems. My friends, money will solve all of your money problems. Right. What happens over time is once you start making about $70,000 a year, you don't have any money problems anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, truly, you can go to the store and buy essentially whatever you want to leave it, to live off of, to eat. Your mortgage, your rent's paid for, your car is paid for. You can take a trip or two. Like you can buy things now. Money's no longer a money problem to you if you make seventy thousand or more a year. Realistically, mm -hmm. even if you have a few kids, like it's not that big of a deal. Right. However, if you have tons of money and money is attracted to you and everything is brilliant, and you have all the money you could possibly need. You definitely don't have any money problems. So now the resistance that you will face is your relationship with others, how you portray yourself, your subconscious thoughts, your beliefs about individuals, human experiences, right? Appreciation, gratitude. Those are things that start to shift back into fulfillment and alignment with your body because you can have an entirely different mindset about money because you have tons, but you need a different heart set now. Right. So you, Ooh, a, <laughs> so you can have a mindset, but you need to have a heart set too. A mindset will change your money problems, but heart set will change your actual problems. Mm, that's fantastic. All right. So just because a lot of our a lot of our listeners are getting into startup, they're in startup. Startup lasts a really long time for most of you're in it until mm -hmm. you're not. It's and a lot of time that is that's a mindset as well. Um I, you know, just being a fan, um, just being a fan of money, um We've made all of ours, I guess, the hard way, you know, so like we spend, being an athlete, I used to train my body all the time. Um, yeah, bro, you're ripped. Congrats. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But the, um, why train, 
like the most important muscle in your body is the one up top. And most people don't train that, right? So you got you to exercise that one as well. And it's easier now than ever because of podcasts like yours and which is absolutely, I'm just, t- I can't tell people enough how phenomenal the production is. It's really, really good. Thanks for that. Um, but like people don't train it as much, right? So how did you, what, you weren't born the way you are. You were raised a certain way. And how did you change, change your paradigm and learn that limits are created and, and most of the time within oneself and, and all that stuff? Like you have a very positive outlook on life. It just so if um, we, we used your voicemail as an example for the team the other day, right? I'm like, this is what a voicemail sounds like. Um, so how did you, how did you do that? I'll answer that with two, two answers. I'll answer that question. So first the positivity, I, I don't know. That's always been here as far as I can remember. I mean, yes, my mom and dad truly some of the greatest people on planet earth, but they're also not the most positive individuals, right? They're kind of just like mediocre, like, you know, they're semi-optimistic, but I'm like annoyingly optimistic, I think, for most people. <laughs> um, so the positivity, I'm not sure, man. The, I've just always had that. However, the mindset and the beliefs and like the brain exercising and, and coming up with the information that I feel like I can store and, and then regurgitate to individuals' simplicity, mm-hmm. books and experiences, so you have to read books. Um, if, if you want more money, read books with money in the title. If you want a better relationship, read books with the relationship in the title. You have to study this stuff. Every time I see a book, I imagine that there's a $100 bill somewhere in that book. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Somewhere in this book, there's 100 bucks. Even if it's not a physical book, it could be an audible. I go in and I go, okay, somewhere in here there's 100 bucks. Let me see if I can find it. Because if I can spend $10 to make 100 who wouldn't do that? It's easy, mm-hmm. easy math. So I've done that for many, many years, usually a book a month, almost without question, sometimes two, uh, an audible and a physical book. Well, number one, that's investing in your brain. That's that exercise, right? Mm-hmm. Reading. Uh, most individuals will read four to five books their entire life once they get out of college, right? That's, that's staggering. Like it's, I'll do that before the end of the, end of the year. Right. That's right. <laughs> So number one, read more books, study the thing in the title that you want more of, go buy books with that in there. Uh, And the number two, experiences. You mentioned earlier when we were talking off camera that a lot of individuals do not spend time doing things they're afraid of, obviously, because they're afraid of them. So create experiences where you invest into yourself. You go and you spend money on something that you don't know what's going to happen at the end. A lot of people go buy a car, a house, right? Wine, bourbon, because they can see, touch, feel, and understand this thing. Very few people will go and spend $10,000 to go to a retreat on a private island because they say, I don't know how that, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that experience is going to be. Right. Right. That, those, those experiences will not only change your life, but will change your finances to a degree that you cannot even imagine. Mostly because you're putting yourself into an environment that was curated for you to excel and you will stop yourself just because of the fear that's not tangible. Oh man. So, um, books and experiences. Yes. That's phenomenal. The experiences are, um, are super, super key because you have to experience it. Right. Yeah. That could be anything, man. It could be skydiving. Uh, you have to create different neurons in your brain. And the only way you can do that is with things you never experienced before. Mm -hmm. It can be, uh, I don't know, going to a restaurant, eating in the dark, 
anything. You got to create these things that you've never done before so you can create new pathways and the new pathways allow new knowledge to come into your brain, literally. So for example, if someone's listening to this and you've never tipped your waitress uh, or waiter a 300% tip before, mm-hmm. go do that, right? You got a $25 meal. Most people tip three, four, five bucks, tip a hundred. Mm-hmm. Now that bill's $125. Is that going to change your life? No. Will that change the waiter's life? Yes. Right. So start doing things like that. It doesn't have to be all the time, but just these little experiences that will truly create new pathways in your brain. And new experiences are extremely scary for most folks. Yes. Um, so I told you off camera, I was like, every time the movie Yes Man comes on, I think of Jeremy Newsom. <laughs> um, I do because like, I would like, I knew what you were doing um, the whole time you've been doing it. And, and, the book and, 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 uh, the show and just the, the growing business like crazy, but like you were always doing something that was like, dang, that, like, how did he even think to do that? Whether it be some form of like, have you, is it the, what is it that you've done where you were running through gauntlets and it looked like American <laughs> gladiators outside? What was that? That was the Spartan race. The Spartan race. Yep. Okay. Yep. So just like, I mean, not many people wake up and say, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It, the physical challenges I, I've created mostly because there are very few things that you can fully control and also be 100% accountable for. Mm-hmm. Physicalness is one of them. Yeah. It's your body. So you can wish for all kinds of things and sometimes they'll be given to you. Sometimes they won't. So someone that has tons of money, but they're a giant fat slob. I don't respect them that much. Agreed. I'm like, you have all this money to put all the time and energy into your body. That's your only like that. That's a way more important resource and asset than your money. Right. Because it's your only body. You're like, you're going to die soon. Right. So I try to challenge myself with things like, yeah, Spartan races. Um, I bear crawled a 5K oh uh, four weeks ago. Um, that took three hours. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. I, I did a hundred mile race. Um, I've done, I've done things that would scare a lot of individuals and it's not because I'm good at them or better than other people. It's because I need to create those challenges to create those new neural pathways so I can learn something new. You've, um, tr- you're truly a, a person that does what they say. They walk the walk. Yeah. They don't just talk the talk. So, um, and I just freaking love that about you, man. <laughs> like that's something that's always been attractive to me because I was that type of guy. I would never ask somebody to do something that I have either a haven't already done or wouldn't just go do it right there with them yes. um, at that moment. But it's, it's inspired me, man, because like everybody else, we all have our we all have our issues, our demons, whatever it is. And like, especially when you have a family and kids, you you every decision. Um, I don't know. I guess I just spend more time thinking about it, making sure because it affects more people than just me now. People that I care about more than anything, right? Yeah. So you mentioned everyone has some demons and issues. What's one of yours? Oh, that's a good that's a good question. So mine was um, I grew up. Um, dad was in, dad was in the music, music business. Mom was front and center in everything that we did. Um, I was a really good athlete and stuff, but I was, I didn't know I was an introvert in school. I just, I didn't understand a lot of things. Um, I did, my biggest demon is I didn't really get to know myself, truly know myself till I was probably like 36, 37 years old, if not like last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a big one though, man. That's a big one because people like you and I, we will spend so much time pleasing others Mm -hmm. and trying to give to others, especially as dads, like dads take on that role a lot. Like we'll put a lot of weight on our shoulders and go, okay, wife and kids and everyone other than me, let me make sure you're taken care of. The, 
what healed, what first of all, what exposed me to that, and honestly, what was the start of the healing, was um, my wife was is so far out of my league that it took me like nine years to get my first date, right? And then once I had it, I honestly was just like, well, this ain't gonna last long. She's gonna see right through this, and um, and, and I was struggling because at the time I had just finished, I uh, just retired from professional sports. Um, I really didn't know. I just knew I had to be good at something, but I didn't really know what it was. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I was just, I was lost. But like, I, I was just, I wasn't a great, I wasn't even a husband yet, but I wasn't great for her. And like, by wanting to be better for her, like get, be as good as her, like it, that's how I started to, yeah. to change and figure out that for me, um, like I didn't have to be insecure about it. Like I had her and she made me better. And then having a kid, that was, that changed a lot too. hundred percent. You have to step up in those situations. But what you did was you got out of your comfort zone, which is essentially is experiencing something you've never experienced before, mm-hmm. AKA being with a, a model. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you and I are ugly as sin. <laughs> yes, we are, dude. So the so, fact the fact that someone would say yes to us who is as beautiful and angelic as they are, like we have to level up our game because it's an experience that we don't know about. So we have to like rise up and elevate to a space where not only we can be confident in that role, but we can understand what it, what we are required to be in order to be in that role. I used to maybe think maybe I was a bad dad, bad person or whatever. I wasn't bad. I just wasn't as good as I knew I could be. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just I had to Me be too. better. I still have to be better. Me too, man. Um, I'm with you. And, and great is great today until you push through and get to the next level. Like it's endless. Yeah. You know what I mean? So never satisfying that. So, all right, we could, we could go on and on about so much stuff, but I want to make sure like, so the folks are, are tuning in. Um, one, I want to catch them up on, you've made a lot of personal changes, um, changes lately. Um, but, um, I also want to give them like the experts that are listening about trading that are looking to get mm-hmm. some nuggets from you today. Yeah, absolutely. I want to make sure that we, that we get into that, um, as well. So which one do you want to do first? You want to do, um, your new parent, um, new husband, like you've made a lot of changes, dude. Yeah. And it's fantastic. You are, your your circle is growing out and fast. It's fantastic. Thank you, man. Yeah. I said, um, I didn't want kids because I wasn't with the right person. And that's one of those very common just beliefs or statements that I think a lot of individuals will make, but you know, in your twenties, your late twenties, you might not want children. That's okay. But as you start maturing and you start finding the person that you want, I, what I had to end up doing was creating that letter. Like earlier we talked about the letter to money. I had to write a letter for my perfect person. Like Mm. who was that? And for me, it was a she, right? Like what, what is, what does she look like? What does she emulate? What's her characteristics? And this letter was like five pages long, handwritten and just left alone after that. And, uh, and when I met Svetlana, I was like, yeah, this is, this is her. She is it. She, she fulfills everything in that letter. And so that makes me perfectly happy. I'm extremely, extremely happy. Let me see if I can get this right. Because, um, I used to say, I told my son a lot. He's like, how'd you know mom was the one? I was like, well, growing up, I always knew who she was. I just didn't know what her name was and what she looked like. <laughs> That's right. You know what I mean? So, That's right. um, so I was, chasing, not chasing, things that you chase run from you. So I was um, seeking, I was seeking a certain person, just like I've learned to seek a certain lifestyle, a certain business, a certain lot of things, right? 
most people don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Most most people just kind of exist. Mm-hmm. Life happens to them. It's not they're not they're like their life's running them. It's not happening to them. I guess is the right way to say that maybe. Yeah. But like, um, so you by writing letters, that, dude, that's brilliant. That's absolutely. I'm gonna do that. Heck yeah, dude. Well, you'll love it because it, it actually correlates very well. I mean, I'm I'm an investing nerd. It correlates very well to investing and trading as well. Yeah. Because you can do the exact same letter to your future self about investments and try to find out what you want to invest in. So for example, for me, I want to invest in companies that are good for the earth, companies that are sustainable, things that are growing and putting out essentially what's called a force for good company. The, there's more good in the world because this company exists. Uh, one example, Tesla. Mm-hmm. Hello. I mean, people are like, they're overvalued. I'm like, doesn't matter. The car drives itself. <laughs> yeah. You know, most people don't know that. Like, right. I'm, when I leave here, I'm going to touch the steering wheel like six times to get to my house. It drives itself. That's, like that, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, number, number three, like they, it has, the employees have to love it. There has to be some kind of betterment in the world because this company exists. You can write down your values, your beliefs, what you want out of this world and then match companies that do that. And then once you match companies that do that, go invest in them. Even if it's one share a month, just start buying it because if you don't start now, you won't ever start. So just start doing it and you'll be thankful that you did four or five years from now. Even if it's Bitcoin, even if it's Ethereum, even if it's a crypto asset, slowly start uh, creating these assets and treating them like savings accounts. I don't have a savings account at all. I take all my savings and I put it into an asset that's going to go up over time. Same, yeah. Yeah, that's just wise to do that. But when you're talking about the the letters, it works for everything, man. So some companies that I absolutely love long-term, Tesla, without question, um, right now it's at about $1,072. It'll be $2,000 by this time next year. Uh, Upwork, so UPWK, they're a force for good company. So essentially, let's say, um, Nick, that you are really good at at Excel. And you're like, man, I'm so good at Excel. I I want people to pay me for my excellence on Excel. So you put your information on there. Someone pays you $40 an hour to create this information on Excel. The company gets what they need. They're happy. The company exchanges money to you. You're happy. And Upwork takes a small fee of that. Force for good company. Great right. company. It's like $40 a share right now. Great buy. Um, it'll. I mean, it's, it's gone from 40 to 60, which is a 20% return numerous times. I mean, four or five times in the last year. It's gone from 40 to 60 over and over and over. I mean, that, that's incredible. Why do you think... And this is going back to the rookies again. Why do rookies, like most of them, if they're W-2, they don't expect, they're literally saving for 20, 30, 40 years, mm-hmm. right? Before, the, like they're putting stuff into 401ks or whatever, it may, savings accounts and things like that. And they don't expect to use it or even get a return or even see the growth. But then they'll say, they'll look at somebody like you and be like, hey, I want to invest in this. And then two months later, they're like, hey, man, where's my money? Yeah. Like, yeah. where's the break in the correlation? Like, why is it such a, almost a different language to the average American? I think individuals are extremely ex- inspired by success. And so when I see a professional sports athlete, I get all like blown away because I know how good they are. And I'm like, oh man, I can be that. There's no way it takes that much time, effort, and energy and work. Mm-hmm. How hard is it to hit a fastball? Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> you know. That's right. I don't. I have a zero idea. Like kind of an idea. But essentially, 
when you see someone who's perfected their craft, you, you only see the result, right? You see the ice cream, the sundae, the sprinkles, the banana, all the fun things. And you're like, all right, I'm just going to eat that. Yeah. Now, granted our, our ceiling can be their floor. So people can use all of our experiences to absolutely um, supersede mm. so many of the failures that they might experience on this journey. Mm. However, you see the result. You don't see that I have done this for 12 years, seven hours a day, every single day for the last 12 years. What about Sunday? Yeah, Sunday. What yeah. about your birthday? My birthday, your birthday, Jesus' birthday, my mom's birthday. I'm doing it all, seven hours a day without question. And I work harder than you. So if you're sitting there saying to yourself, oh, well, I can be this as quickly as you can, good luck. Because you're going to have to put in the time. But that's with everything. Dude. That's with everything, my man. So a lot of times people walk in the room for an interview or something, and they'll say, um, you know, Nick, I'm here because I've just I've watched you, I've followed you, I want what you have. And I'm like, dude, you can totally have it if you're willing to go through what I went through to get it. Yep. And that's the difference. That's what separates the men from the boys. It's the same in sports. I use that analogy a lot. I was like, guys, I played the game of baseball. And first of all, I didn't make a lot of money doing it, okay? I made some money doing it. Not yeah. a lot. Not even enough to really live on, okay? Yeah. But I played for 20, uh, 19 years before I ever made a penny. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, all the Because I was an amateur for 19 years doing it. And then... Um, and then that's not even training it. So I was like, all right, well, let me dial it down even further. The off-season training and the workouts were months and months and months before we ever played the first pitch in front of a fan or a parent or or anything. But people won't equate that same – even athletes sometimes won't do that at work. Mm-hmm. No, they won't. Right. I mean, it's, it's just the I've done this, I deserve this now mentality. And that's okay. It's human nature. Yeah. Human nature, we want things faster and quicker and more efficient, and that's perfectly fine. You just have to give people a real, realistic expectation. I mean, you're the king of customer service, and so when you're talking to an individual, they want all their problems solved now, immediately, forever, for free. Mm-hmm. Well, my friends, like it's generally not the case. And so when you work with someone who might not know this information, um, the best thing I can possibly do is just try to give them a time expectation and let them know that it will take longer than you want, but it will absolutely happen if you start putting in the work now. Yeah. But it definitely won't if you don't. I love it when people ask, well, how long will it take? I'm like, you want to find out? <laughs> <laughs> I'm using that from here on out. Dude, it, yeah. it, it's that simple. Yeah. I, you want to find out? It's a little different for love everybody. That. Love that. And um, we figured out too, somebody was asking me, what's the difference between like a college and a professional athlete? I'm like, well... So coaching my son's baseball teams, when he was younger, we were just trying to get him, like, if he was going to hit the wall, just hit the wall, versus a big leaguer is trying to hit a spot on that wall, the smallest, the, be- the person that's the best at anything can hit the smallest targets, mm. right? And um, how does that, like, how does that factor into, so first of all, somebody comes to work with you guys, um, you're giving them the tools, like, to empower them to learn, to grow, all that kind of stuff. Um, I learn a lot from my customers and clients every day. I learn from my agents. I learn from my kids. I learn from everybody. That's a choice, right? So what are, how, does, how does the relationship with you and your clients, um, what does that look like? How does that work? It can depend on the client. And my, my current avatar, the individual that I'm seeking to work with right now, generally they've had a lot of experience in their field. So oftentimes it's musicians, actors, professional athletes, people who, you know, uh, people who have spent 
20 years plus doing something and now they have some money and they're like, okay, well that part of my life is partly over or it's about to be over. And so I want to learn something new. I want to explore new fields. I want to take the money that I have because I, I, I'm seeing it, you know, I got two, $3 million, but that's probably not going to last forever. Right. Cause I got kids and I got, I want to travel. So how do I make this money grow a little bit? Those are generally the clients that I work with. But for me, my main objective is to, number one, help them understand things they don't know about money, about finances, about the stock market, because there are rules and there are buttons that you have to press to create success in investing. Perfect example. Most people have no idea that you can rent out your stocks, right? So if you own 100 shares of pretty much any major company, you can rent out that stock and get, in, and get rent income just like you can for a house. That's a strategy that people have to learn how to do. I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's okay, but most most people don't. Most people also don't know you can buy insurance on a stock, mm-hmm. right? So if it goes down, you're protected just like a house, car, health, whatever else. And if done the right way on the right time, you can rent out your stock, take your rent money to buy your insurance so you can create an unlosable trade for a certain period of time. I'll be dang. How about that? Bro, crazy town. And this works on stocks like Apple, Tesla, Square, NVIDIA, Google, Micron, Tech. I mean... The list goes on. Yeah. Knowing what to do. That's one of my one of my goals, man, right? I'm trying to mentally liberate in, in with information and education because in that in that world, education, information, and application is more important than money. Right. Yeah. So I mean, dude, trading, investing, um, the only way to get good at something is to do it, to practice at it, to work at it, to study it it's developed the skill set that's involved. Like they'll look at somebody like people like me will look at somebody like you and be upset that they're not as good at it as you. What's the skill set? And if I'm willing to learn it, I can have it right. Like if you're not, so I tell, I tell um, some of our team members all the time when they're like, I'm not where I want to be. I want to be where he's at. I'm like, well, he's better than you. She's better than you. That's all that it is. Just learn what they know, um, develop the skills that they've developed, put in the work. And you're right there. I was laughing and smiling because last night, 12 hours ago, I was uh, doing some jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu at uh, um, Triangle Academy in Franklin, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And I'm a pretty large dude. And so I was uh, rolling with some... How how tall are you? 6'4". 6'4". All right, go ahead. 6'4", 210. And so I'm rolling with some of these guys who are, man, I mean like 5'8", 5'9", buck 50, just crushing me <laughs> I, I was the mop man like the floor was was dirty and i was the mop mm-hmm. i mean it's amazing because i've done jujitsu like on a one to ten scale i'm a 2.3 around there but these guys are six seven eights and i'm just getting absolutely dominated half my size literally just crushing me because they have the skill set that they've practiced and they've mastered and they're so good at it it's a phenomenal example because no matter what you do, you are going to suck at it. You're not going to know the words, the verbiage, the, the, the mm-hmm. jargon, the technology, the buttons. You're not going to know what to buy, how much to spend. You're going to be an absolute moron for the first year. Mm-hmm. Be a moron. Get in. Go do it. Fail. Fail miserably. Fail forward. And don't quit. Yeah, that's um, the Michael Jordan quote. Yep. I've never seen a, an infant or a person that when they were learning to walk and they were falling down all the time, said, this, this ain't for me. <laughs> Don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, this, this walking stuff ain't for me. Yep, so um, true. And even we learned, like, you can study riding a bicycle 
I'm sure there's a lot of great YouTube clips and sure. all kinds of stuff, but until you actually get on it and learn the balance and all that stuff, you're not going to be Did able to. Did you fall when you start riding a bicycle? I fell doing everything. <laughs> yeah, dude, me too. I was so bad. I didn't actually learn how to ride a bike until I was like nine and a half or 10. And so six to nine and a half, I was a moron. Just couldn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. So my dad took me on top of a hill, Windy Hill Road, pushes me off. Like, best of luck, bro. Like, I'm flying down this hill, and I'm so terrified. Like, if I fall, I was going 40 <laughs> miles an hour in my mind. It's probably like three miles an hour, but, you know, I'm nine. It's going down this huge, steep, like, dirt road. If I fall, it's game over. And do I get to the bottom? Know how to ride a bike now. Hmm. So, essentially put, like, all that time, pain, energy, knees, scars, all the things from falling, you're that's going to happen, right? My man, Les Brown, says, if you fall, make sure you fall on your back, because if you can look up, you can get up. Oh man, dude. You know? So yeah, you're going to fall. You're going to fail. It's all going to happen. Just keep going. Don't give up. Learn from it. Make mistakes. Do it brilliantly. That's it. That's, that's yeah. it. The, um, oh man, I was, uh, I had something good. I thought, well, I think it was good. It may not have been very good. <laughs> um, but, uh, well, again, every, like everything's a skill. It's, you're not supposed to be great at anything at the beginning. If right. if it's that easy, then everybody would do it. And and right. and I heard a thing the other day too, where if the top four percent make X amount of dollars, and you're everybody that you hang out with is the the a part of the ninety six percent. Like if you you can't hang out with them and have what they don't have, or have more than they have. I guess I should say like you have to like you have to do what the four percent are doing those was, was a I saw a clip or a photo yesterday so there's a reason that the a Lamborghini has two seats and the bus has 60 never heard that before love it oh dude love um it. there's um <laughs> with the, there's so much there's so uh, much gold out there with that kind of stuff I think a lot of people um, like us take it for granted because we're exposed to it so much yeah that's true um and most people just are not that's what I want to do man I want to help expose more individuals that that's why I made all this stuff for free because I'll go to schools, high schools, colleges, elementary schools. I'm like, it's free. Mm-hmm. What are you waiting on? Because then you get to go, they, they think about it and they're like, ah. Oh. Because now there's, the, the excuse is gone. Yeah. And then some will absolutely go forward and they'll take it and they'll go through it. But then the fear of, I don't want to start something and not finish. Uh, I don't want to start something and fail and be bad at it. Those are the fears that kind of come up subconsciously or consciously. And it's, it's always brilliant discussions. The... The fight's only over when somebody quits, mm-hmm. right? Until then, it's still going. And it's the same when you're learning something. As long as you're not quitting, as long as you're still doing it, you can still get it. Yeah. You can still have it. You can yeah. still have all that stuff. All right, well, let me get back to this piece of paper here. So um, we're doing we're doing good on time. Yeah, we're hey, good. I'm awesome. Stoked. This is great. So um, do you think we gave enough? Do you think we gave enough? to the experts out there, the guys that are tuning in because they've been oh. wanting to hear from you today. Like no. what, how, like what can you say? What, what should you say? What do you want to say? I can say everything, man. There's all, when, when it comes to investing or trading or the markets, if you're listening in on this cryptocurrencies, I've been preaching it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are fearful because they don't know what it is. It's too volatile. Uh, it that doesn't have any value. Let me tell you the value of Bitcoin for just a moment because if people are listening. I want them to hear this. Uh, about two and a half months ago, there was a transaction on the blockchain for $980 million of, worth of Bitcoin. Okay. So $980 million US dollars of Bitcoin uh, exchanged hands from one address to another address across the, the globe. 
that transaction took 13 seconds and cost $33, I believe. Wow. Now, you move large sums of money frequently, probably. Mm -hmm. How hard would that be? There's a million hurdles to do so and signatures needed and lawyers and bankers and you're wiring and wire fees. And I mean, you're talking a billion dollars. All those people are getting paid to, to do, to do whatever they're doing. I mean, just closing on a house is ridiculous. Yes, it is. The amount of fees just for that is just crazy town. That transaction shows the value of crypto assets and specifically Bitcoin and the blockchain. A lot of be, a lot of people say, well, it's not built on anything. It's just because you don't know code. It's because you don't know cryptography. You yeah. haven't studied it. I don't know it very well, but I've studied it more than you have most likely. Mm-hmm. And I know that that transaction happened. And it went from one country to another country across borders without anyone that could say yes or no, without anyone that could stop that. No one could say no to that transaction. That transaction happened. Mm-hmm. It could have been for land, for a home, for whatever, who knows. But long story short, that is value. That's what value is. Value for money is the ability to exchange and utilize from one person to another person on a code that's transactable. Mm-hmm. That's what money is. So crypto assets, cryptocurrency, specifically blockchain technology, is going to revolutionize this planet. And if you are not in some version of a crypto asset, you dislike technology, you dislike the future, and you're being hard-headed because you don't understand it and you haven't taken time to learn it. And it's still early. Super early. So you're still an early adopter. You're not late. Dude, this is like real estate in Manhattan in 1920. Oh, that's a great way to yeah. analyze that. Super early. I mean, the internet's been around, what, 35 years-ish? Mm. Yeah. Uh, Bitcoin blockchain's been around nine. Yeah. So there's a little bit more room left. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Um the uh, I've been so I was Marcus Whitney told me one time he was like eight percent of people are early adopters and I was like well, what does that mean he was like the the people that are in line at the Apple Store for the new iPhone release they're they're the eight percent they're mm-hmm. early adopters and I was mm-hmm. like okay cool um, I was not brought up to be that way so like I was bl- brought up to uh, it, when you said it was volatile well the ni- the the ninety six percent play it safe yep. And the 4% don't, how can you play it safe and win big? 100%. I mean, the the answer is some math and some studying. You have to understand a pretty basic second degree math, you know, good old mm-hmm. percentages and addition and subtraction. If you can spend a little bit of time or go through an education or go through a course to learn this, you can absolutely nail it. Example, say you have $100,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, crypto, on average move 6% a day, depending on what you're in. But on average, it moves 6% a day. What, so what does that mean to the average person? Is that a lot or a little? That's enormous. Enormous. Uh, yeah, so the S&P 500 moves on average 0.25%. There day. you go. Yeah, so you're talking, was that 300% more than, than the S&P moves per day? So the yes, it's volatile, but if you know your risk on any asset, any investment that you make, you know your worst case scenario, that is defined risk. Mm-hmm. If you buy anything, mm-hmm. the risk is that it goes to zero. So does, it can be Apple, Facebook, Google. If you invest in it, the risk is it goes to zero. So if you invest into Bitcoin with $2,000, your absolute worst case scenario is you lose two grand. Right. There's still things that are called stop losses. You can buy Bitcoin or Ethereum, or you can buy Litecoin, or you can buy Cosmos, or you can buy Matic or Polygon. You can take the amount of money that you have, put in two, three, four thousand dollars, put a stop loss. So if it does go down ten percent, 
right? You get out. So you invest 4,000. Potentially you can lose 10% of that, which is 400. Or, I mean, that's a two-day move. Or it goes up 90%, 100%. You double your money. Right. So you risked 400 to make 4,000. Mm-hmm. That's called good money management. That's right. I'll do that all day, man. That's I'll right. do that all day. And with cryptos, like over the course of a week or two, with a little bit of studying, a little bit of knowledge, I think it's relatively easy to do 30% a month, which is a crazy number to a lot of people. That's a scary number. That sounds like there's no way that's too good to be true. Uh, Tom Brady gets paid $12 million a year mm-hmm. on a bad year. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not too good to be true. You just got to put in the work and the time. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Well, that that was actually something that I was um, I was hoping we were going to get into today was, was the crypto stuff because um, our mutual buddy... Um, Chris Rimbolt, who was a uh, um, episode four, I believe. Yep. Um, and we talked about some awesome stuff that day, I love that from flat Earth to oh, dude, it got it, it got deep. I we ner- we nerded out. So, um, but he was one of the first people um, that um, that started talking to me about about crypto, and it was based on conversations that you guys have had. And I know he's done extremely well with in, in you guys professional relationship outside mm-hmm. of friends. He's done it's been extremely fruitful yeah. um for him and, and his family, which is fantastic. He's up like twelve hundred percent yeah in a year. And that, he, that's bananas. He's the perfect example of somebody though that takes the the knowledge, the tools that you're providing for him and then he's expanding on those and that leads mm-hmm. to more questions and more tools and more knowledge from you because now he's in a place where he can receive it. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. And I have mentors in not only this space, but other space. I don't know all the answers to everything. And I'll be very clear when I don't. I have a very, very, very specific skill set. And uh, it's a skill set that requires very little time to implement. But once you can master that skill set, you can do it from anywhere in the world, mm. as long as you have an internet connection. And uh, Chris Rimble, but uh, I have another friend named Chris Stanley. Christopher West. I'll work with Chris's only. Um. <laughs> you guys have an unbelievable like um, pod of, yeah. of folks. Like, it's a really strong good. tribe. It's a strong tribe Be- because it's it's a group of individuals who know that it works. Mm-hmm. They've, they've proven it time and time again. I have a guy named Leland Warren. Um, I just met recently at uh, the, I had an event at the Turks and Caicos and he was there. And this guy, man, has paid for his wife to go through like four degrees. She has her doctorate, her master's, like two, two master's degrees, like three or four bachelor's degrees. He's paid for all of her education through trading. You know, he's entirely financially free. He's a liquid millionaire. Um, he retired from the army and like he knows that it works. Did it happen in a month? No, but it works. It's a true and try methodology that you can amplify information through proper application. You mentioned the um, the uh, he's a veteran. Mm-hmm. Like most people, when they when they're done serving, they they may not have a lot of money, but they've accumulated a certain amount because they're not spending it as they're getting paid, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, I know we love our vets, hundred percent, man. Here, um, USA I, socks, baby. That's right. Yeah, and and they're like when when we're interviewing those folks, those are my favorite people that we seek them. So um, first of all, if, if you're a veteran and you're not happy doing what you're doing, I want to interview you. I want to talk to you. But um, are there any specific programs for guys like that? Um, like if I was getting out today, you should be my first call. 100% because I actually have an entire department, uh, team and resources that are dedicated just to our veterans. Uh, my uncle, my dad, my brothers, I'm the only guy in our family who didn't go to the military. Fascinating. Yeah. 
Because okay. I'm a pansy and I'm weak. But <laughs> me too. Me too. But I, I'm fully on board with it. And um, my uncle, you know, he's a retired Marine. Um, he had his legs blown off in Vietnam. Like he, he is, wow. you know, is in a wheelchair permanently. But I talk to him weekly. And you're talking about the people that dedicate their lives to make this country the greatest country in the world. But more importantly than that, we need to serve them. Amen. Right? We need to some degree. Like, yeah. Doesn't have it can be money, time, experience, knowledge, whatever. They have money. They have discipline. They know what it's like to uh, just take absolute brutal punishment. But at the same time, they need to be rewarded with some gold after all of this work. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I have real life trading military, which mm-hmm. is an entire military organization that works just with current or former uh, veterans and or people in the military. That's fantastic. I have a lot of contacts. Um, yeah, man. They're doing that, and uh, so. Like, all right, folks. Hello. That's right. <laughs> all of our, all of our vets. Yeah. Um, you need to get in touch with Jeremy. Yeah. And the, and the team. So and I, so when I was done playing ball, I was twenty seven years old. Yep. And um, I didn't make enough money to live off of. Right. So, um, I'm basically twenty seven years old, and it's almost like getting out of college. Except all my friends had been in the workforce for like five years, so it was almost like starting from behind. And I would imagine that from a veteran's perspective, they might feel that to a certain degree. Of course. You know, I mean, the only difference is, is they will have some liquidity to them that I was, I was the opposite of that. They're going to have, they're going to have something. Uh, and it's, it's a beautiful arrangement. It's not a perfect arrangement, but it's an arrangement that's like you said, it, at least they're there. There's some type of launch pad. There are communities, there are tribes, there are people who are willing to pour into our servicemen and women. All right. One of my best friends is a, it was a 20 year green beret. His name is Jeremy Locke. Wow. I call him Captain America. Mm-hmm. And um, he took his, oh, I'm going to mess it up. There's a there's a term for money that you're given for really crazy special operations, whatever that's called. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not severance money, but whatever it's called. Some type of money that uh, our very brave men and women get for doing crazy, insane things. Well, he took all that money and during COVID started doing investing for the first time ever, ever. And I think he took $11,000 and turned it into 98 grand. Wow. Which was just ridiculous for him and he took that money and bought some real estate with it started renting it out right sold his properties and making more money and so then he's taking this money now he's funding trips all around the world for him and other servicemen and women who need it so they can go to countries to provide aid like haiti honduras mm-hmm. ecuador um Tazekistan. like he's everywhere right now all through his financial capabilities and knowing that he he's could retire early mm-hmm. because of his knowledge man his financial acumen that's why it's people like him that I started this that's it, this baby. show. That's like, it. there's so many amazing stories. Yes, that should be told every single day. Yeah, and like, so I, first of all, I'm going to need that. I'm going to need to get him in here. Hundred, let's um, make that happen. I'm going to need to get him in here for sure because that's um, that's fantastic. Yeah, that is fantastic. Well, dude, that's that's we we got to give back. We got to yeah. give back to those people. Not just, I mean, we got to give back to everybody. But we definitely we should we should start with our the people that serve us first. I'm with you, my man. Absolutely. I'm with All right. You, so let's see. This has been freaking amazing. <laughs> so um, I've got a little note down here. Some uh, some topics. All right. And um, as we as we kind of start to bring this home, so I've got retiring on three k. How to grow a modest investment into a comfortable retirement. Day trading one hundred and one. Take the first step. How to reshape, reshape your beliefs about money. Ooh, we talked about that a lot already. Knowing the difference between fear and greed. 
We talked about, we touched on that too. Um, buying stock at a lower price using stock options. You talked about that, dude. What, what is like, it's so cool having you here. I got to bring you back. First oh, of all, I, I know I might feel like I say that a lot. You're coming back. <laughs> You're coming back. I get, I get so intrigued with the, the people that have been here have been so amazing. Yes. Um, you attract amazing people, man. Well, my wife attracts amazing. That's people. Right. I get That's to ride that train. I can't disagree with that. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I get to ride that train. Um, as a, as a matter of fact, um, being a uh, an insurance client, you get to deal with her, and you dealt with me first. And I made the smart move of saying, "Hey, you probably want to talk to Rhiannon on some of these things. It's way better, right? All good. It's perfect. It's phenomenal. <laughs> She's great. All right. So, um, first of all, um, so you oh you mentioned trips. I wanted to talk about that. So not only does um, do you have access to um, like your clients, like your clients travel the world with you and you guys mm-hmm. grow together. Yeah. Right. So um, real life trading the business. What are the, like the, the main branches um, w- including the events and stuff like that. I know you, the, the book is fantastic. Um, I'm a, I have a copy I'm, and I'm, it, it needs to be on the front desk and oh, the thanks. room up there with some of the other ones. But um, so that's a great book to check out. Thank you. All right. But so if somebody was interested in getting, all right, I want to call Jeremy and see what I can do. Like, what would that experience look like? Uh, It'd be a tough experience. You'd have to pull out your phone and go either to Instagram, YouTube, or you can type in 352-246-4596, which is the cell phone number in my pocket. Uh, It's tough, man. (laughs) They'd have to like reach out. It's really hard. That's fantastic. It's a crazy challenge. So you get, you get people involved yeah, and then uh, talk to me about the event. So like, I remember the first time you did one, that was when kind of the event space for stuff like this was kind of, you were one of the first people, like there was really big ones and then there was none. Yes. Yes, exactly. So you have the, Hey, we have a thousand people, $99 seats come and you know, it's going to be a pitchathon. Mm-hmm. Like you know that. Yeah. I didn't want to do pitchathons. I was like, Hey, pay enough where it's valuable. It's worth your time. But we have somewhere between 20 and 30 people and that's it. Right. So it's a very limited amount. I, I don't want a whole lot of people cause I want to pour in. I want to serve. I'm there. And we're creating experiences they'll remember forever. Um, literally a week ago, it's me and six other individuals um, plus my leadership team. So 12 people total. And we do a 6 a.m. hike, 7 a.m., 7 a.m. hike, ice baths right after. Yeah, they're the best. Right, ice baths right after. And then we start talking about stocks around my living room, drinking coffee and warming up from the ice bath. That's an experience, mm-hmm. right? That one happened to be free. So getting in on experiences, getting in around these individuals, being able to pour in, I just, I want it to cater towards more of a, uh, a really pinpoint focus group. And because the, the large, large events, uh, although I do host some of them, uh, I like to do just the smaller ones because it just feels more intimate. It feels like you get to know people on a personal level. And once they know your genuineness and your authenticity, they will be more inclined to spread the message and tell other people. Um, in June, yeah, June of next year, we're going to have a, we, we rented a yacht um, in the Mediterranean. We're going to get 30 people. Oh my God. On this, it's, it's a ball and yacht. It's huge. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. We're going to cruise around the med for a week, you that's know, incredible. like just the small stuff. I'm like, well, let's do it. It's just money. Like boop, that's right. credit, credit card. Let's go. That's right. Put the deposit on it this morning, actually. How about so, that? Yeah. That is fantastic. Yeah. So, so um, well, that's what makes besides the, the knowledge that's what separates you from yes. everybody else is you actually seek the relationship. Yeah. Right. And that's, you taught me that man. 
Oh, yeah. shoot. You, you got to. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Seek the relationship because if it's a money transaction, people are going to know that very early on. And I knew that, but I, I wanted to make it more about the relationship. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, call me on my phone. It's my phone number. I'm here. People respect people's time. They know that I, I have a family and that they know that people are working or they get it. So just help them pour into them. Like, I don't need your money. Let's just have a relationship. Let's see where it goes. And if you become richer, you'll tell more people, my company will grow. It's just a natural way it works. The, um, some people, most people get so attached to their money. That's why they want to save it, right? They want to hold it close, um, hold it tight to their chest. So a great example of who you are as a person. So, how long did it take you to grow your beard? <laughs> Not the one we see today. Those of you that are watching us on, uh, on camera. Yeah. So like beard. it was like down to. Yeah, man. It was a solid nipple beard. Like uh, it was big. A good year and a half. Like that was, that was Forrest Gump beard style. A year and a half. Yeah. And tell the folks how you came about shaving it. <laughs> so in my event, Money Grows on Trees, it was uh, the Turks and Caicos. And I had another gentleman named Chris Short. He wanted to um, have a, a competition, a chess competition, because I'm really, really bad at chess. And so he's like, yeah, let me play the worst person here. He had a long beard, too. He grew out a beard for a year and a half. So we did a chess for ch- uh, charity for chess match uh, where you know the winner had to, the loser donated money to the winner's charity. Um, mine was Ronald McDonald and his was um, St. Jude. And so incredible. we played some chess. I'm bad at chess for anyone who's listening or watching. <laughs> I've played 15 or 16 times. My only strategy is take the other guy's pieces. Right. So I'm just like, boom, boom. Like I'm taking pieces left and right. And he's <laughs> using strategy. What? Oh, yeah. I don't know what strategy is. So anyway, we play for 30 minutes. Boom. I lose. And uh, then we start making bets. Not bets. Sorry. Like who wants to shave my beard auction style? Oh, wow. Right. Right there on the spot. He brought clippers and, uh, when my buddy Ross won for twenty hundred bucks, so twenty hundred more dollars gets donated to St. Jude. Just shaves my beard around the spot. A year and a half. Yeah, man. Go just on. like that. Yep, that's it. Just like that. But that's such a great um, analogy for life, money, like physical things. If you have, um, if you're, if if you treated money like a person, like. If you care about other people, you're always saying, what can I do to make that person's life better? What can I do to make that person better? You do, you're doing the same thing for the money. And, um, but like just the fact that like, I know just for Halloween, I had to shave this and it's like, I keep it real short. It literally takes 10 days to grow back. And even then, um, even then it was like, oh man, is this really something that I'm going to do? Like, I thought way too hard about it. Like I'm embarrassed to even say it. And he took a year and a half and just knocked it right out. And, and how long did it take you to make that decision? Like when you were just like, it was immediate. Yeah. It was instantaneous and no issue. I mean, you've had, um, your head's been shaved as well. Dude. Yes. I have very, like this changes frequently, mm-hmm. you know, which my wife is like, <laughs> when I come home, she has no idea what I'm going to look like. <laughs> I could be bald. I could have no beard, full beard. You know, my eyebrows are gone. Like you never know because it's like, what? They're going to grow back. Who cares? That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And yeah. some, and a lot of times we put way too much emphasis on, yeah. on the, on those physical yep. characteristics. So again, they're, they're, for me, they're either assets or liabilities. And if you spend too much time worried about it, it's totally a liability. I agree with you. My wife's in the background probably saying, let that, I'm going to remind you that next time the blow dryer's out. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Liability, Nick. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. All right. So, You're the coolest, dude. You're so cool. 
So um, you have an amazing YouTube YouTube channel. So just all right, what are some places that you recommend um, for folks that just want to learn more about your space? Yeah. Before maybe before they even call, after they call, whatever it may be, before they reach out to you to do that. Um, you have a great YouTube. Obviously, we mentioned the book a couple times. Um, what are some places that you recommend people go out to seek some knowledge? Truly, if you want to know way more about me than you would ever want to, broke to woke com is our podcast with myself and my business partner and best friend, Brittany Turner. Um, I kind of give my whole life story. It's uh, but it's really like, Hey, I failed. Here's what I learned. I failed. Here's what I learned. that's pretty much season one and two. Mm-hmm. Here's all of our failures. What's the thing that you should not do right? because of all these mistakes. Um, you'll learn a lot about there. Jeremy Newsom.com. So, you know, my name is spelled with two R's. My yeah. dad's name was Jerry. So it's Jerry and me. That's how that happened. How cool! I didn't know that. Thanks, mom. That's it. But that's awesome. I, I did. I misspelled your name for at least the first yeah. five years that I knew you. No worries. Um, and then for some reason, I don't remember. I remember thinking, uh, "Well, it's my phone's fault. It always autocorrected it, right?" I'm blaming the autocorrect. <laughs> yes. yes. So, um, JeremyNewsome.com. But yeah, real life trading. My YouTube channel. It's it's nowhere near as large as a lot of uh, let, let's say ESPN, right? right? People care about sports and information and entertainment way more than they care about stocks and finances. And it's a, it's an interesting parallel. Um, That's their own fault. It's their own fault. I mean, I saw uh, a video the other day, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett's top 10 rules for success, like 120,000 views right next to it was ESPN's top 10 plays from last weekend, 12.3 million views. Yeah. I was like, well, there you go. Um, But anyway, yeah, real life trading, just search that you'll find me everywhere. You'll watch all my videos, dude. I have an amazing, amazing team that they help me out with other content, other videos, other information. If you want to learn how to invest and just grow your net worth, grow your cash flow, learn to uh, do it through real life trading. You you, sa- you said your YouTube isn't huge; it's blowing up. It's blowing up. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it is blowing up. <laughs> Thanks, man. It is blowing Thanks, up. Um, honestly, the the first time it was this has been a while, but the, I remember the first time it was the first. It may have been the first time I was exposed to the podcast. I just saw a clip on YouTube. I looked down there and I was just blown away at the engagement on that sucker. Thank you, man. Um, and then, and then sure enough, um, so my son and I would watch a lot of videos when we work out. That's our thing yeah. is whether it be a concert or my, he watches adult podcasts with me. He's reading, um, he's, he's reading the, uh, uh rich dad, poor dad. Ethan's so cool. Ikea so he, re- he really is. He's amazing. But we've seriously, we watch your YouTube is on our playlist, awesome. um, that we do that kind of stuff because like, and he asks the best questions that I can't answer. <laughs> He's so, a man. So he's going to be a client as well. Love it. Absolutely. All right. So we've got some uh, contact information here. Um, Jeremy Newsom at Gmail, jeremynewsom.com, LinkedIn's Jeremy Newsom, um, Twitter, Newsom Nuggets. Love that. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. That was a shout out to a guy named Blake Schleider. He helped me create that years ago. I was like, dude, you drop nuggets all the time of wisdom, mm-hmm. some nuggets. And I was like, man, sounds good. That's fantastic. <laughs> and uh, Facebook's Jeremy.Newsome with two T's. Um, you heard all about the YouTube and everything else. Um, so anything else, um, anything else that you want to, um, to get out to tell the folks um, about anything else that uh, that's going on, um, upcoming, I don't know, what you got? There's everything, guys. Uh, I'm doing everything all the time. It's j- just reach out to me and let me know how you can be a part, how if you want to be a part, you know, everything from we have kids programs to military veteran programs. We have all the education that people could want when it comes to finances, everything from debt reduction to, uh, you know, 
trading option derivatives with spreads. You know, we can go as deep or as, as shallow as you need to, mm-hmm. to learn and go through your journey. So don't be afraid. It's going to take time. It's going to take money. Everything takes time or money. So mm. just get in there, get in there. Let's go. Fantastic. Well, dude, thanks so much for hanging today. Um, we've been rocking and rolling. Um, You're maybe awesome. like an hour 20. I know, man. Fantastic. Loving every second. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much. I'd love to, I'm going to have you back for Absolutely. sure. I'm good. Go, I'm going to have you back for sure. And um, I want to share the stage with you one day. I want to sit on some high top stools yes. and talk to some folks. Let's do that. Let's so, do that. We need to create something. That'd be phenomenal. Absolutely. I love to create, especially with folks like you. So, um, all right. Jeremy Newsom, Real Life Trading. Thanks so much for being here, folks. Um, this has been another episode of The Hit Streak. Do me a favor. Um, we are on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, um, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Click that subscribe button, baby. Click that, click that subscribe button. Um, lots of great stories um, from amazing people, um, just like Jeremy right here, guys. So thanks so much for hanging with us, folks. I'm your man, Nick Heider. Thanks for tuning in to The Hit Streak. God bless.